So the scriptures tell us that we ought not think higher of ourselves than we should. We live in a generation where uh, I, I think we, we do that quite often. The Bible is sort of our uh, ultimate fact checker when we come to this. And Psalms 23 talks of sheep. And I liked our, our bulletin this morning too where you know it says, uh, Look or behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. When Jesus was on this earth, fully God and fully man, he depended upon the Father to lead him and to guide him and to give him the words to say and the things that he should do. And now he's our shepherd that's up in glory waiting for us to be reunited with him. And so he calls us sheep. So today we're going to talk about sheep a little bit. And as I've been going through this, um, I discovered a few uh, characteristics about sheep that uh, I think will help us understand not only what sheep are about, but what we are about. So have any of you ever raised sheep? Well, we got Bill. Bill, he's raised about everything, sheep, goats. So he'll probably relate to some of this, but uh, they're a little different than what we're used to uh, up here. So first we find that sheep are dependent. Sheep are what you would call prey. They're not predators, they're prey. So that means they're somebody else's meal usually. So they need somebody or something to protect them in their life. Um, they really uh, can't fight. They can't really fend for themselves when they're out there grazing by themselves alone. Again, they become the prey of of some type of a predator. So there's no way for them really to fight off um, the enemies that come after them. So we see first off that they're dependent. You know, they're also a, a herd animal. And God has created people as herd animals. And I'm one, I, I struggle a lot of times with sometimes wanting to go off on my own and be my be by myself and sort of, you know, we get this a lot in, in especially America today, but I think in our human characteristics is we tend to want to be independent, not to depend on others. So we, we don't ask people for help. We, you know, like to do things on our own, figure it out on our own. Um, but sheep are like a herd animal, and the Bible tells us that we also are, are sort of herd animals. We're meant to come together. That's why just worshiping from home on a couch, watching a TV or or listening to the radio, or going out and, you know, sitting under your favorite tree and worshiping there. I mean, that's okay. We can praise God anywhere, but we're really meant to be corporate. We're meant to be together with one another. And sheep are the same way. There's, there's a protection in numbers, and we know that too as, as believers, that there's strength in the numbers as God brings us together. And so the 23rd Psalm starts out this, the Lord is my shepherd. So we recognize God as our shepherd. And this is David that is writing this. And I'm going to run it sort of parallel because as he's writing, he's writing about the things of the Lord and, and, and also about the sheep. He would understand that as he's sharing these things that the people would relate to what he is saying. So the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me to lay down in green pastures. So the first thing we see there is that he makes them to lay down. And that really uh, means that he causes them to lay down, to get rest. The sheep the shepherd, uh, excuse me, understood the importance of his sheep getting rest. So when they would move from place to place, just the importance of rest. And even in our lives as humans, so we're going to be bouncing back and forth here. It's important that we get rest. It's important that we get 
enough sleep, that we just get enough relaxation. Um, sleep isn't really just where our body recoups and, and regenerates. It's really a time when our brain is uh, reactivating itself and, and it's getting those things that it needs in our life. There's times in our lives when, when we get so busy and, and so about everything that's going on that we're not getting the rest that we need and we know what that does to a person that has like sleep deprivation. You know, all sorts of health issues and, and different things can come on. So this says that he causes me to lay down. And it's a picture of really the, uh, the shepherd making these wonderful conditions for these sheep so that they can get the rest that they need. He's there. He's guarding them. They're enclosed maybe in, in fences. And the shepherd is watching over them so the sheep don't need to worry about anything. We live in a world today where there's a lot of things going on. We can look at our politics here in our country. We can look at the atrocities that are going on right now over by Ukraine and other parts of the world. We can worry about gas prices going up and interest prices growing up. We can worry about supply and demand. How is this all going to affect me? Am I going to be able to buy groceries? And, and we go <clears throat> through all these things and we can be all stirred up and all worried and worked up about those things. One of the toughest things I think sometimes for us to do is to put our our faith in God, knowing that he is going to be our provider, that he will take care of us, okay? So we don't need to worry about tomorrow because what does the Bible say? Today has enough worries of its own, right? So when we put our, cast our cares upon God, he's sort of leading us into that place that have our wonderful conditions. It's a wonderful thing to enter into the sovereignty of God and know that he is in control. I can pray and I can do what I can do but then I just sort of hand it over to God and say, there you go, Lord, and I can rest. I can rest in these pastures that he has, and it, it allows us to be restored too. It says he restoreth my soul. And so when we get our rest, we feel refreshed. You ever take a, just a quick nap sometimes, and you get that rest, and you just feel refreshed. In the morning, you can feel refreshed, and you can get out and do those things that you like to do. Um, there are basically four common enemies of, of sheep, and they're the same things that we face. One is fear. And so, like I said, we can face that fear of all these things that are going on in the world. It's the what-ifs, you know, uh, of, of everything that is going on. You know, there's health, there's pandemics, there's wars, there's rumors of wars, there's politics, all these things that are going on. And we can walk in this world in fear, and a lot of people do. They're just so afraid of what the future holds. They don't know. A lot of young people, they're just uncertain of what, what their, their life holds before them. And so just as the sheep, they could walk in fear because if they sense danger, there's a wolf or a, you know, whatever it is that's after them. If a, if a sheep sensed fear, they just could not get the rest that they needed. It kept them restless. How many of us are restless over the things of this world over the things that surround us. We cast a lot of worry on a lot of things. Sheep also, even though they're a herd animal, sometimes didn't get along with other sheep. You know, and within the herd, sometimes they'd have two ewes that could fight one another. They didn't want to share uh, certain territories in that. How much like that are humans, okay? We're like that sometimes. If we have bad blood with people, we're not always resting either. Either we're getting anxieties over those things or thinking about the, the troubles that are going on. So for a sheep, bad blood or friction with other sheep could really spoil their rest because, like, where's that sheep? 
What's that sheep doing now? And, and we can be consumed with that. A lot of times as people, we're like that too. We're sort of busybodies. We get involved in other people's business. And the ones that we have issues with, you know, we're always looking at what they're doing and we're always about that. And so that can affect the rest that we get. Uh, sheep had flies and gnats and other bugs that would get in their ears and get in their eyes. And it was just a distraction. So cow farmers understand that. You can see your cows sometimes where their tail is always going and the flies are there. And so they have some ointments. If you watch deer or if you see moose up in Alaska, sometimes the, the bugs are so bad that it drives them out into the fields. That was one thing that prevented um, the sheep from getting rest too. A lot of that happens to us too. Now when I talk about our eyes and our ears, I want us to think about the sensory things maybe. The things that we look at, the things that we see. Does that keep us restless? What about the things that we hear? So a lot of times, you know, uh, uh, people gossip a lot of times. They like to talk about things. And, and you know, we're always you know, wanting to know the, the new juiciest little tidbit of what's going on here or there. You know, we can listen to things that are ungodly that can get our mind going in a different direction. We can put things before our eyes that we shouldn't be looking at that can just cause unrest in our soul and in our beings. So just as these things around the sheep's eyes and ears were bothering them, the things in our life can be that very same thing also. And then famine. So sheep, you know, if they had a hungry stomach, they, they were always looking for something to eat. Now, we live in a land of plenty, so our stomachs are usually full enough. But Bible, the Bible talks about there's a time of famine coming, not of food, of water, but of the word of God. People today are trying to fill their life with everything except God's word. They're thinking that the toys of this life are going to make them happy, that, the, that the, maybe the success of this life, the power of this life, the, just the things that we can gather in our life are going to satisfy us. But we find out that it's only God that can satisfy those things. Amen. So if we're searching and we're hungry for something and we're avoiding God, we're not going to have that rest. And that's why the Bible tells us he gives us this peace that uh, passes all understanding in our life. It is only through Jesus Christ that we can have peace and, and casting our cares onto him and letting him have his way with us. And so those things, just like sheep, are like humans, and so we are like sheep in many ways. Secondly, it, it's uh, suggested that maybe sheep are the dumbest uh, animals that God ever created. Now, I don't know if that's true or not. I don't know how you judge an uh, animal's intelligence or non-intelligence. But if we relate that to us, humans are not the smartest things. We get ourselves into a lot of troubles. We do a lot of stupid things. You know, when I'm in the prison, a lot of times when I'm talking to guys... And I can't tell you how many times over the 30-some years that I've been there that guys would have said, you know, well, if I would have known that it was going to get me here, I never would have done it. See, a lot of times we do things before we think. We're not always doing the right things. We do things not thinking of consequences, not thinking of the outcomes of it. And so what the scriptures tell us here then, it says, he makes me lay down in green pastures, he leads me beside still water. One of the things you cannot do with sheep is you cannot herd sheep. You can herd cattle, you can herd a lot of animals, but you cannot herd sheep. You need to lead sheep. Sheep are followers. So when we look at the Bible, Jesus says, follow me, right? He's our shepherd. We're his sheep. 
Sheep are followers. We don't like to be heard. We don't like to be told what to do, do we? We don't want people to say, you got to do this, you got to do that, you got to. No, we usually resist that. Most men that I see, if you go up and you try to make them do something, they, there's a resistance that's there. So if you're trying to, to herd a, a, a flock of sheep somewhere, they're going to just scatter off. They're going to go their own way. But if you have a leader, they will follow. And Jesus says, I am the good shepherd, right? My sheep know my voice and they follow me. And so we were created to follow. Now, we many times follow the wrong things in this world. We can follow the fads and the trends of this world. Just think of that. All of a sudden, somebody shows up at school and they got the... I remember when our, our kids were young, uh, I think it was like 40 bucks for a pair of jeans that like were tattered. They had little holes in them. And I think, I think people still wear them today. You know, I used to tell my girls, I'm not going to pay 40 bucks for that. I'll go buy a $12 pair. I'll hang it on the clothesline, shoot it with a shotgun. <laughs> You'll have the same thing. But they all wanted that. Oh, you know, my friends, they all have this. And, and I want that. And, and us big kids are like that too. Oh, man, Jerry just got a new bow. And man, I like that. And this one, the new lures are coming out for fishing season. We always want something new. We, we are followers. We follow the trends. We we give in many times to peer pressure in our life. And so no one's going to drive us, but we're followers. And so as God's children, and I'm trusting that each one here is God's child, but as Christians, we're to follow our good shepherd. We're to follow God. That means being obedient to his word, following those things that he has. And it says in the scripture here that it says, uh, he leads me beside the still waters. One thing with sheep is that they didn't like... Um, babbling brooks or, or creeks that were making noise because they liked it quiet so they would know what was going on around them. And so when we look at things in the sheep's life, many times that shepherd had to take care of them. He would dam up maybe the creek so there would be some backwaters that were there that were still and where the sheep would uh, drink from. Otherwise he would have to get a bowl and, and bring it to them. One of the other things with sheep that I, I found interesting is that of if the sheep are just walking around and all of a sudden one sheep jumps because he thought he saw a stick, that the other ones will follow and they'll all jump over this imaginary stick. They'll just keep going one after the other. They're not really paying attention to what's going on. They're, we're not always independent thinkers about those things that are going on. Mankind, again, is like this because we just follow those things. We believe it because it's on Facebook. We believe it because somebody tweeted it or it was on the news, so it has to be real. You know, we need to really use the discernment by God's word of what's real and what's not real. I mean, Jesse brought up, you know, just trying to discover what is a woman or what is a man. I mean, isn't that simple? God's word has the answers to those things. But we're listening to this and we listen to that. And does this make sense or does it not make sense? You know, we need to... Uh, understand that God has given us a brain and he's given us his word that this is our this is our fact checker this is the thing that we go to to find out where the truth is third thing is that sheep are pretty delicate they're a delicate animal I mean I remember petting sheep and, and you know they're, they're just sort of a cute little cuddly uh, type of sheep um, and it says that they he restores my soul in here it says in verse 3 he restores my soul he leads me besides the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Uh, it doesn't mean to, to make it new. It means to restore. 
to maybe be like new or rather to make right. And so when we're getting restored in our life, it's not like we're just a new person. Only Christ can make us a new person. But when we get that rest that we need, it's, it's making things right in our life. It's getting righteousness. And it tells us in three, for he restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness. Are you walking in the paths of righteousness? Righteousness meaning that which is right. Are you doing those things which the Bible says is right? See, sheep suffered from uh, a thing called a laydown syndrome. And I think horses did this once because my uh, daughter-in-law's horse one time laid down in an awkward position, couldn't get up. And I remember her calling up and just crying and saying, my horse can't get up, it's going to die, it's going to die. We had to go over there and we had to try to work up this thousand pound plus horse. But sheep have this too. They'll, They'll lay in such a position that they can't get back up. And the shepherd knows his sheep. And he knows when he can see them laying there if they can't get back up. And so he goes and he helps lift them up. Many times we get ourselves in positions in this life that it could be called a lay down system. We can't get out of it ourselves. And it's only Christ that can deliver us from those things. It might be addictions. It might be oppressions. It could be depressions. It could be a lot of things that go on in this life. And our dependence needs to be upon the shepherd because we can't do it ourselves. God has given us a body of believers also that we can depend on one another, that when I'm down, that I can call somebody, can you pray for me? Can you come over? Can, can you help me in some way? When we hear of people that have needs as a corporate body, we want to help those people out. We want to say, what can I do to make this situation better? That's what the shepherd does for the sheep. So it restores their life as they're getting back up. Many of us were in that position where we were dying. You know, they would call it dead man walking. Without Christ in our life, we were dead already. Dead in our trespasses, dead in our sins. You could call it a lay down syndrome, but we didn't recognize it. But Jesus came and he spoke to us and he called us and he lifted us up. And it says that he will exalt us. We lift, he'll lift us up. We don't need to lift ourselves up. It's been said that a sheep's life, that their hide at the end of their life, when you talk about being delicate, that they could tan their hide at the end of, of their life. They could, you know, take that off and tan it. And it's said that within that, that hide, that you could see every bruise, every injury that that sheep ever had in their hide. Sort of an interesting thing. And so when we look at that, we can think about that maybe in our lives too. Do words matter? The things that we say, they do. Words of cruelty and, and words of kindness, I think, are marked in us. And they stay with us. You know, if somebody's ever said a very hurtful thing to us, it can be years and we can have forgiven, but there's a memory that we have. And we can always sometimes remember that unless God just happens to take that whole memory away from us. But the same is with words of kindness. You know, I can remember a young boy uh, I was in a big brothers program, and I can just remember this, this man, Randall, who would, he was always encouraging me, and everywhere else in my life was falling apart. I was sort of a real rebellious, uh, I, I don't even think I was a teenager when I first met him, but I was always in trouble, and he would always say, you can do better than that. I have confidence in you, and he would always build me up, and I can remember those things, and even as I got older into my teens and early 20s when I just felt defeated at times or felt like I wanted to get sucked back into something, I could hear his voice 
And I could hear those words that he said. I could remember those things. So our words have a powerful impact on the people around us. And so they can be like scars, or they can be like an anointment in our life. And so, you know, that old saying, what was it? Sticks and stones can break my bones, but words will never hurt me. Not really true. I mean, sticks and stones can break your bones, but words can hurt. Words can hurt. So choose your words wisely. Fourth, sheep are dirty. You know, they're, they're the cutest little things, but if you've ever seen their wool, it collects everything, right? If they're out in the woods, they got twigs, they got cockleburs, they got whatever it is, just everything gravitates to them. And they're not like a cat where, you know, they can turn around and lick themselves clean. The shepherd needed to clean them. He was the one that needed to take those things out of their, out of their wool, right? Same as with us. We can't clean ourselves. There's nothing that we can do to clean ourselves. It's only Jesus Christ that can clean us through his redemptive work of the cross. And so many times we try to, in my life, my early life before I was a Christian, I tried to be moral. I tried to do it myself. But you know, it really never worked. I, I just needed to submit myself to him. He's the one that cleans us and gets all this garbage out of our lives. Jesus accomplished that again some 2,000 years ago on, on the cross. And this is what we're celebrating as we come towards Easter. Five is that sheep are defenseless. So it says that they lead them through the valley as we keep reading. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. So he talks about a valley that they go through. Of course, sheep lived in hilly terrains. And so they'd go down into the valleys to, to get the grass and to get the things. But sometimes valleys were dry, desolate places. Sometimes we just wish we could fly right over those troublesome spots in our life, don't we? We wish we didn't have to go through it. But God says he leads us through those things. He's not hurting us through it. He's not pushing us through it. He's leading us through it according to the scriptures here. Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, sometimes things get pretty dark. Sometimes things seem pretty bleak. We don't know all what's going to happen, but you know what? I can trust my shepherd. All I need to do is keep my eyes on him, and where he goes I will follow, because he leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. He leads me through this valley of the shadow of death. He doesn't leave us in the valley, because if we were in that valley we would be destroyed, but he leads us through there, and he helps us through that process and we learn and we learn our dependence on him another thing about sheep is that if many times if a shepherd had uh, an unruly sheep or a maverick sheep that would like to wander off a lot of times they would go and they would dislocate its shoulder he said oh man that just sounds terrible but they would sort of break its leg and why would they why would the shepherd do that to the sheep that he loved so much that he was in, in taking care of and, and needed it was because that rebel sheep would teach other sheep to do the same thing. And so by dislocating this, and sometimes we see this picture of Jesus with the, with the sheep around his neck. He's carrying that sheep. When that sheep's leg was dislocated, that shepherd had to carry that sheep wherever the, the herd would move to. But that sheep now couldn't fend for itself at all. It couldn't even wander off. It couldn't rebel at all. It had to be dependent upon that shepherd for its food, for its water, for its safety, for everything. And so a relationship was built with that. I had a, a gentleman get really upset with me when I related this to Christians that sometimes Jesus is going to hobble us because 
we're outside of his realm. We're outside of where he wants us to be. And he wants us to be dependent upon him. And he says, God would never do that to us. The shepherd loved the sheep enough that he didn't want that sheep to wander off and get eaten by ravenous wolves or to you know, fall into some danger, fall off a, a cliff or whatever else could happen in the world. God's love for us is so great that he'll do whatever it takes to try to get us to respond to him. And so there can be a discipline that happens there. They're defenseless, but notice where they get their, their comfort from. If you continue on here, he says, um, For he leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. And so we find our comfort that Jesus is with us. No matter what we face in this life, if it's health issues, if it's tragedies, if it's whatever the world has to throw at us, if God is with us, we're okay. You know, Paul would say this, you know, to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. What's the worst thing that can happen while we remain here on earth? The best thing is sometime we're going to go home and be with Christ. That's a great thing to think about. But it says that the sheep found their comfort because the shepherd was there. And the shepherd had this rod and the staff. And the rod, uh, the, one of the things that the rod was, was used for warfare. It was used to beat off these animals, these predators that were after the sheep. So it was a weapon that was used to defend the sheep. But it was also used for discipline. And so we can look at, at God and say, you know, he uses things to protect us, but he also can discipline his children. Just as when you raise your, your families, your children, if they misbehave, there's correction that takes place. And so the rod was used for that. The staff was used not only for the shepherd to uh, gain rest from, but we see sometimes that big hook on there. It was used to many times bring the, the sheep to safety. So if they were over in one place and they could pull them out, they could separate them out, the sheep found their comfort in that. We can say that we find our comfort in God's word. This can be our rod and our staff. When I read through God's word, I can find discipline for myself in it. I can find out things I need to change in my life. But I also can find comfort in it. And I can find the promises of God that says that he is going to protect me, that he is going to be with me. And no matter what I face, he is going to walk me through that. Also, as we read through this, the Psalms 23, we see sort of a, a change here where it goes from he to you. And I think that makes it more personal. And it really shows me that whatever it is that we go through, if it's death or disease or difficulties or all these things, God is making that personal connection. He's making that personal cry out to us. You know, my heart has, has sort of been for, for a while here, um, just really on, on our, our young people. You know, I see a lot of young people. I know a lot of young people. I still have a, a young son at home. And, you know, they're trying to figure things out in this world. And it's amazing. You know, the world has a, a lot of temptations, a lot of draws. And one of the things is that we try to do is we, we speak hope into them that no matter where you've been, no matter what you've done, God loves you. And God wants you back into that fold. He wants you there. And so as people try to figure things out, sometimes it can get a little frustrating. But don't forget where you were one time. You know, I, I was there trying to figure it out early on in my life. My grandma prayed for me for years and years and years. I think she thought maybe she was going to wear out her voice praying for me. I was in so much trouble. But she got to see the fruits of her prayers later in life. 
remember that it took you a while, maybe to come to the knowledge of Christ, to let God reveal himself to you. So never give up on anybody. You know, we're all on this journey, and God is there, and he wants us to know that he loves us. Verse 5 and 6, he says, You prepare a table for me in the presence of my enemies. Now, a lot of scholars say this is talking about the king's table, which David very well might have been, but I want to just stay in this, this thing of sheep because I think in a way, if we're looking at sheep, it was the shepherd that would go ahead and he would find that safe place where the sheep could um, eat and be safe in the presence of the predators. So they might have been up in the rocks and in the hills, but the sheep were there and they were safe. And so he tells them, again, that he's a provider. Two things. He's a provider and he's a protector. And so he prepares a table for me, it says, in a place in the, in the presence of my enemies. We know that Jesus is going to prepare a place for us. He said that when he leaves us, he says, I'm not going to leave you as orphans. I've given you the Holy Spirit. But where I go, you can't go yet. But I'm going to prepare a place for you. And if I go to prepare a place for you, I'm going to come back for you. Sometimes that shepherd went out and he had to prepare that place for those sheep to come. And then he would come back and he would lead them there. Jesus is going to come back someday. He's going to lead us to that glorious place in in his presence where we are going to be forever and ever. John 14 tells us about that. And then he also talks about this anointing. He says, you prepare a table, you anoint my head with oil. A lot of times in the Bible that's talking about the anointing of the Holy Spirit. It was a symbolize of the Holy Spirit. But guess what shepherds did with their sheep? They would put a mixture of oil and sulfur on their head to keep those things away from the ears and away from the eyes. And so when I think about the Holy Spirit being anointed upon us, that the Holy Spirit is there to guard our eyes, to guard our ears, to guard our tongue. See, a sheep didn't have a whole lot of vulnerable spaces because they're, they're Wool is thick, you know. There's not a lot of bugs or insects that could get in there, but they could in their mouth, and they could in their ears, and they could in their eyes. And so the shepherd took care of that. And so when God anoints our heads with the Holy Spirit, we have the Holy Spirit over us, the purpose of that is to guard our eyes, to guard our ears, to guard our mouth from things that we were doing, to keep those flies, gnats, and bugs of this world away from us. The last thing that he says my cup runneth over. So when we look at that, again, many times that shepherd, he had a cup. He had a bowl that if the water was running and the sheep wouldn't go near it, he would have to scoop that bowl full and then he would go over and he would let the sheep drink of that. Of course, the water that we're going to drink is the living waters, right, of, of Jesus. It says that in, in uh, I think in Revelation 22, we're going to drink from the living waters. When we enter into that relationship with Jesus Christ, we have the living water of Jesus Christ in us, that eternal life in our life. The last thing I just want to talk about is is the protection. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. When I think of his protection, I remember many years ago on the Discovery Channel, I think it was one of the first um, photographers photographers that had... um, been able to videotape the birth of a, of a baby panda. So if you ever see pandas, they're pretty cute. Uh, the problem is they're pretty vicious when you get next to them in their family. But they're big, they're big. But their babies are like the size of a gerbil, so they'd fit in the, the palm of your hand. 
And so as they videotaped this, they saw the birth that came. And then he saw something that was pretty amazing. The, the mother, after it was born, and, and she had cleaned it up and took care of it, sort of stretched her body out over this young baby panda, I guess you would call it. I don't know what a baby panda is called other than a baby panda. She stretched her body out over this and didn't move for 28 days. She didn't eat. She didn't drink. She didn't sleep. She didn't even defecate for 28 days. Her protection was just over this baby as it developed. And I thought, how much like God is that for us? His presence covers us. His blood, if you're a born-again believer, covers us. His protection is with us. He wants to nurture us in that environment that we can grow and grow in his word and grow in our relationship with him. So when we get ready to go out and face the world, we have the strength, we have the wisdom, we have the power of the Holy Spirit on our side, but we know the decisions to make. That mama panda covered that bear, that little baby, so it would grow and gain strength so that when it did start to venture out, it would still follow the mama panda for a long time. We still need to follow Jesus. We never get to the point where we step outside or where we should be stepping outside of what he has for us because he wants us to grow in him. And so God's all-power presence hovers over us. It's there at all times. We can just call on him at any time. I think this is just amazing. His omnipresence, omnipower, omni-everything of him. We can just go to him at any time. And I think that is just the most amazing, wonderful thing. And he will shield us many times from these circumstances in life or give us the strength and the power to get through those things. So scripture really validates here sort of what David is saying in the 23rd Psalm, that we like sheep need a shepherd. And he says this, I know my sheep and my sheep know my voice. And when he calls, he says we will come. The last thing that we learn about shepherds is this, in a valley there might be many shepherds with many flocks. And when one shepherd would get ready to go, he could give a call and his sheep would come out from amongst the other sheep. See, we are in this world. But when we hear the word of God, when we hear his voice, we need to come out from amongst the others. We are in this world, but it says we're not to be of that world. And so those sheep knew the shepherd's voice. And so my question for you today is, do you know the shepherd's voice? Does he speak to you? Do you hear him? Do you follow him? Are you obedient to what his word says? Jesus said he is the good shepherd, meaning that all things in Christ are worthwhile and great. He's preparing a place for his sheep. Are you a part or a member of his flock? Let's pray.